Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, we are back. We are back. We are back. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We've upgraded equipment. We know what's going on. And Ricky, it is crazy because it's raining in LA. So because we can't golf, let's do a podcast, right? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm glad we're back. Um, we have some exciting news. I've just been uh, golfing the shit out of it, <laughs> and being a dad. And we had baseball back about two weeks into spring training. Two or three weeks? What is it? Sometimes I don't. I don't even, I don't even know the schedule anymore, man. But. Um, it's good to, sit, to have baseball back. Obviously, the Dodgers coming off a, a World Series title. LA still feeling high. Our group chat's still on fire over the Bauer site, uh, the Bauer uh, signing, Peace, guys. all that good stuff. So um, yeah, man, it's 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 exciting. It's exciting times now that baseball's back. Yeah, and uh, just to let everybody know, we do appreciate you sticking with us. And uh, on the Instagram of Let's Go Ricky Rowe, uh, I know you've been leaving me a comment. And for those of you wondering, how come Ricky doesn't answer you? on the Instagram at Let's Go Ricky Rowe. It's because I'm the one in charge of the account. It's not Ricky. So some of you <laughs> have been sending some messages like, hey, if I send you some stuff, will you autograph it? Like, it's going to come to me. So I'll autograph you Ricky stuff, no problem. But uh, we do appreciate you guys leaving messages and checking with us and sticking with us. And so some of you have been wondering, like, damn, Bethel, what's going on? The last episode we had was December 16th. And it was a great episode with our friend Manny Barreda, who was pitching down in Mexico. We got to have a part two with him. But that day, just to update people, Ricky, is the day I tested positive for COVID. Right? Yeah. Remember? So yeah. I was doing the podcast in San Antonio because I was going to work the Canelo fight. Felt great. They knocked on my door and they're like, hey, you got to go. You're positive. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just did an hour long podcast. I feel great. No problem. I had a drive back from San Antonio to Los Angeles. I ended up getting it a couple days later where the symptoms kicked in. I stayed in Phoenix for a while. So I was on the shelf for a good month where I didn't golf. I didn't run. I didn't do nothing. But now we're back. We're ready to go. And just talking with Ricky, right? okay, we've done the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We actually started it two years ago. Still trying to figure out exactly what we could do. And the stories are great. But... We're like, you know what? Let's catch up with some old friends. Guys that we met the first year or the first weekend. Because remember, the first weekend what we did is our good friend Marco, our accountant, uh, who our CPA, our CFO, he hooked it all up. We went down to uh, Arizona. It was his idea for you and I to rent a house. And he's like, just get everybody there. So we had Noe Ramirez come through. But the guy who came in and became a quick fan favorite on the podcast Josh Tolley was there, a guy you played with, and this dude, when he left the, the house, dude, it felt like we were like a 12-round fight because so much energy he brought, right? He was ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he was ready to go, and uh, and I told you guys, wait till you guys meet this guy. And the awesome. And, and all that good stuff, and it turned out to be a great episode. I think it was at the end of the night, Ace was grilling on the grill, <laughs> I saw that we were eating. It was a good time. And it almost seems like it was so long ago. Yes. Because of all the stuff that's happened with the pandemic and all all that thing, all those all those things going on, it seems like it's been like five years ago since we were since we did that. But um, again, like I said, it's it's good to be back. Now I have a headset, I have a microphone. <laughs> you know, it's like we're upgrading all of a sudden, and we want to do this right. Um, it's it's something that we, me and you, have been talking yeah. about it, and. And then obviously Josh came in the conversation, and I mean, you want to let them know? Yeah, no, no, we ain't telling him nothing. Cause look at this dude. He came in with his own fancy studio. He is so <laughs> legit. Three years ago, actually it was two years ago, episode number six. If you guys want to go back and check out, uh, it was a pro catcher Josh Tolley at that time was in the Dodgers organization, and then now he's officially retired. But he is here on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Tolley. Holy smokes, you have a studio? Let's go, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? 
I am in WEBO, upstate New York. The, the guy that owns the radio station has been so generous to let me uh, come into the studio. I've done some stuff for Sportsnet out of Toronto, and I come in here. I have the headset, the mic, webcam. I've, uh, he, he dialed me in. I, I, I can't thank this guy enough. I, I owe him a ton because this, uh, this makes my life so much easier, and it makes uh, doing this stuff fun. Dude, Rick. Like, I don't know if we can do a podcast with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to bring Josh uh, along to, and we're going to call it the Let's Go Ricky Roll and Josh Tolley podcast with Beto Duran. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the new edition. I'm excited about it. I always, um, and this is me and Josh talking prior to this, and, and I was like, you know what? It'll be good that we bring in a catcher, a catcher because a catcher is on defense has to build a relationship with the pitcher and he has to hit at the same time. I don't know shit about hitting, you know, I, I, yeah, I got two hits in the show, <laughs> but that's about it. You know, I, I can't tell, I can't tell you what the guy's thinking when he's at the plate with runners and scoring position in a big situation and all that stuff. So I think it's good addition. And also, you know, if, if he, if he hits a home run, how it feels going back there and catching your, your stud ace or your, your number two, three, four guy, whoever it is, or when you strike out with the bases loaded, you know, and, and, and there's a, it's a mix of emotions. I feel like when it, when you're a catcher, and 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 there's a lot of up, there's a lot of downs. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to build that relationship with your with your pitchers and and make sure they're comfortable. So I think he's a great addition. I'm excited about it, and you know, we just we just take it on from here, and it, it should be really fun. Yes, go ahead, Tully. I'm fired up. Um, without uh, without getting the serious stuff out of the way real quick. I need Ace to be barbecuing. The food <laughs> the <laughs> and you'll hear that. Where's the Ace of SoCal oh. at right now? Oh, we, we hate to break it to you, totally, totally. Okay, so behind it, you know how there's always in their circles, there's always a guy that does something, he, the guy that will show up no matter what. So when we did the actual Let's Go Ricky Road in, inaugural weekend, our good friend, the Ace of SoCal, uh, was on the grill while we were... Doing the podcast, he had the kind of salad going, tortillas, and as oh. soon as it ended, Tolly was grubbing, having a great time. He was ready to go to spring training and it hit three jacks the next day. We have bad news for you, Tolly. Uh, the Ace of SoCal no longer exists. He's now Anthony of Orange County. He uh, has a <laughs> he has a fiance. Um, he's now an Angels fan. Uh, he is um, sometimes a sports fan. Uh, He's having actually. He's going to steakhouses now. He's he's a fancy guy. He's cultured. So wait, is he still your friend? Um. <laughs> oh, he's, on the, he's on. He's on the outside looking in right now, man. Oh, hey, what do you call him again? The 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 what of Orange County? Anthony of Orange County? Yeah, he went. Took away that nickname. Yeah, he um. He's like you know the. <laughs> You know, you know. Hopefully, the Dodgers don't do this, where you win a World Series and you rest on your laurels and you kind of go back. Ace won a World Series. He said, "Forget it. I'm shutting it down. It's over, guys. I'm I'm done. Got to go." Uh, he has a weekend house. He he has all that. Yeah. So his his girlfriend is a huge. His girlfriend is a huge Angel fan. So yeah, that's what yeah. changes mine. Probably. Well, yeah. Well, you know. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. <laughs> He's in the group chat, but he just doesn't quite answer all the time. So okay. you know, we'll those get guys. him back. We'll get him back. He'll be fine. Just be patient, boys. Be patient. <laughs> Tolly, what's up with you? Um, last time we talked, you were wearing this uniform. You were look at that. Look at that beauty right there. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> Dodgers. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You were the Dodgers organization, uh, and then they sent you to Oklahoma. Beautiful OKC. And what happened two years ago? Update, update us on the Josh Tolley experience. Well, I got traded to the Angels, so uh, Anthony of Orange County would have been excited about that one. And then uh, <laughs> 2020, I signed with the Yankees, went to their alternate site all year, and then uh, comes off season. Jobs are jobs are hard to get, and I am looking to move on to the next phase of my life. I mean, you you can only run around minor league baseball for so long, and and feel committed to doing that when you got three kids at home and a wife that's running a business. It, it does become challenging. So here we are now. I'm fired up to do the radio stuff and the podcast. And this is uh, this is where I feel like I belong, guys. 
So you're officially retired? No more baseball? Well, I didn't sign the paperwork. I'll never sign the paperwork. Pero it, it's called quitting. It's called quitting. It's not, it's not called retiring. <laughs> okay, explain that one. Hey, I so haven't signed quit. no paperwork either. Really? Like, yeah, I, 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 I Guys, I always say, like, Derek Jeter retires. Todd Helton retires. Josh Tolley has to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Rick, you didn't sign paperwork either, Rick? No, I didn't. I didn't. I Everything was just announcement on Instagram, and, and that was it. I mean, there's nothing really to sign. Uh, I, at least yeah. I don't know there is. Yeah, I think maybe you have to file with the league if you never want to play again, but you just hold on to it. In like three years, they might call me back to catch a knuckleballer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, so totally, you're, you're transitioning into the broadcast phase of your career. What, what are you doing? Wait, first of all, you said upstate New York. Like where? Uh, near Binghamton. Okay. Binghamton is near where? Binghamton. <laughs> like, Nowhere. <laughs> Binghamton was in the Eastern League. Uh, yeah. That's where we used to, uh, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, the double-A team. That's where we would go and play right there. Okay, hold on. I got to, like, go on the map and look. Just keep talking totally with whatever it is you're doing. Because most guys retire to Arizona and golf every day. You're in upstate New York with snow? Shoveling 44 inches of snow right after, right before Christmas. Oh. That, uh, that was a grind. And, uh... We we still have snow on the ground, but it is going to be 50 this week. So we are uh, we're looking up. We're seeing a little grass on the ground, which is uh, which is a good start to spring. Okay, all right, all right. I see. You're like south of Syracuse. I'm yeah, it's like, central, it's like central New York. Okay, all right. South I want to know, and this is because we haven't really had a a guest yet that talked about this. How was life in the bubble? You were at the Yankees last year. How was that? that yeah. I mean, it had to have been different than you've ever experienced ever in your life, obviously, for everyone. But how was that, like, having to be just in one site? Well, let me let me step back, Ricky, because I think the, the, the strangest part was in spring training. When the coronavirus became prevalent in the United States, we had doctors meeting with us. We had um, Brian Cashman met with us all the front office guys and nobody knew what it looked like well once it got once it got canceled spring training 1.0 we all came home and we were all left kind of to figure out what was next and there was very little communication amongst baseball as to what was going to happen and then we get put into the bubble in new york they finally say it's a go we go to new york we get put into a hotel they split it between two hotels, and you were not allowed to leave. You got on the bus, went to the ballpark, got your food, practiced, came home, did it all over again the next day. It was the strangest spring training I've ever had in my life, and I think anybody will ever have. What the heck? Well, how often were you guys getting tested? Uh, every other day. We were doing a spit test. So what I found was strange is we'd do the spit test and then we wouldn't find out for two days if we were positive or negative. So you effectively could spit, be positive, and then you're around the players every day for the next two days and then find you got a positive test and then and the, the, that group had to quarantine. What? It, yeah, it was, it was very stressful when, when it – when it came to uh, like batting practice, you were very cautious as to who you who you hung out with around the batting cage and shagging balls and all of that. But totally, where, where was oh. the where was the alternate site at for the New York Yankees? Scranton, Scranton, uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, which is only an hour from my house. So they, I was very fortunate. The Yankees were generous enough to let me live at home while doing it. Wow. Still getting test, still getting tested every other day. Uh, but, I mean, it, it was a mix of players that could go help the big league team, and then it was a mix of players of prospects. And and that, uh, navigating that piece of it from uh, Jordy Mercer's, Danny Duffy's, uh, myself, to having 18-year-old um, young high school pitchers, young Latin American pitchers, 
all in the same room effectively was uh, it was a great learning experience, I think, for everybody. We tried to make the most of it, and the Yankees did such a great job of making that time fun. I mean, they could have made it miserable. They really could have. I, I've talked to some guys at other alt sites, and they said it was it was awful. That's... And we, we, we had the opposite. We had so much fun doing it. And, and I was living at home, so maybe that's uh, part of the reason. Totally. But the alternate site is where you go in hopes of doing stuff. But normally, as a ball player, you're getting ready for a game. It kind of re- sounds like you were just practicing, like, back when you were, like, in uh, extended spring training or, like, sp- it's like a full-on spring training. So how do you stay motivated to show up every day and be like, dude, what are we working out for? Like, usually there's a goal at the end, but what is this? That's what it was, Beto. There was no goal. There was no 0 for 4s. Wow. I mean, I, my wife said, you ever get out? I said, no, I, no, it didn't count, so I didn't get out. <laughs> So it it definitely is strange, though, talking to a lot of guys about it. Obviously, never on the podcast. That's why I want to know your thoughts. And I always like like talking to them. Like they're like, yeah, it's just like almost like, yeah, you you play, you get on the bus, you go to your hotel, you stay in your hotel, they bring your food, you come out, you do the exact same thing, and it's like, man, I I couldn't imagine, you know, guys who were struggling, got guys who got off to slow starts. And, and just couldn't get going. And then being alone and not being around your family, all that stuff probably added up and it couldn't have been a, a good mental situation, I guess. I would imagine. I mean, like I said, I never made an out, so it didn't matter. But <laughs> I, think the guys, I think the guys that got off the slow starts that are used to having 162 games to figure it out and the numbers, effectively the numbers will never lie, right? Like. The baseball card always tells the paints the picture, but over sixty games, you get off to a bad start, Ricky. You're right. You're sitting in your hotel room by yourself, wondering if you're ever going to be able to do this again. Yeah, wow. yeah, and a lot of guys, and you, you and I know, Josh, that a lot of guys, sixty games in, they can be hitting two ten, and then like that second half of the year, they just, they just something cleans up, they figure something out, and next thing you know, they're up to two eighty. And yep. you weren't able to do that this past this past year, and that's why uh, you know hopefully every every protocol gets taken this this season, and there's no issues with it, so that we see a long season and we see what these teams can do. Because there's a lot of fun teams around the league this year that that loaded up with either pitching or hitting. Um, the Dodgers obviously added a great pitcher and and Bauer, and and but that wasn't the only big time move. You know, there was like sneaky little moves. The White Sox adding uh, Liam Hendricks, who you and I know Liam was a triple-A guy, bubble guy, up up and down in the big leagues, had gotten released, had gotten designated for assignment a few times, and now the guy's like an all-star closer and got paid big time. Good for him. He's another guest here on this podcast. So it's just good to see, like, the additions that these team, teams made, and now we get to see, you know, hopefully a, a whole season and see what transpires. I, I, that is, I, I am very excited to see 162. I want to see how many games the Dodgers are going to win this year. I think they have a shot to win 110 games. I think. Come on. Yeah, I think they're that good. That pitching, wow. that pitching is dominating. Wow. You really? I mean. Wow. I mean, and then you look at what San Diego did, and it's like it's just going to be a fun rivalry. It's just yeah. going to be really cool to see that. You know, L.A., San Diego, I mean, it's separated by an hour and a half drive. It's, it, you know, it's... The, Man, they're the, not the, rivals. The they're not rivals. Well, it's going to turn, it turn into a little bit of a rivalry. It's a, okay, the, the, the 30 Padre fans are woofing, and then the Dodger fans are... <laughs> but then it's like all these Dodger fans are worried about what they're doing. It's like, well, you guys go to World Series. You fans are worried about all that other stuff. Who cares? Totally, let's go back to you, though. This is the Josh Tolley okay. show today. Forget all the... Right, all right, all right. Hey, because right. we, we can go and do real baseball talk, all that other stuff, anywhere else. But, Tolley, this is pretty cool perspective for you. You got to wear a Dodger uniform and a Yankees uniform. Like, yep. the most fran- storied franchises in baseball, two of the best out there. What was that like, putting on pinstripes? Um, I mean, I started my career with the Mets, so it was a bit strange at the, at the very onset of it. But when you walk through the doors of the clubhouse, you realize 
how many retired numbers are and how many Hall of Famers have walked through the not the same door, but effectively the same door. Kind of a uh, a cliche type of thing, but but it is. I mean, they they have. I, I found this so cool in spring training when you walk to the training room from the clubhouse. They have pictures of all the Hall of Famers, and wow. they all wrote. You know, most of them wrote little notes and. I just reading the history of what what it is to be a Yankee was 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 fascinating. It is first class organization, no doubt. Yeah, I I just want to know if if your painting has arrived. <laughs> Why are you stirring the pot, Ricky? <laughs> well, you mentioned that you play for the well, Mets. Uh, Johan Santana threw a no hitter, and in episode number six. Totally talked about how Johan said he was going to send you a painting. Two years later, and I know that you know sometimes Amazon is backed up and they'll lose packages. Has the <laughs> Johan painting shown up? No, Poppy, I'm waiting. <laughs> Johan, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot him a text and be like, "Listen, dude, I'm talking to Tolly right now." Where's You know what? We, Where's we, my painting? Yeah. yeah. Right, hey, Yo- Johan, we have a new podcast. <laughs> we have a new podcast. We need the painting puppy, right? We need to get that. That's my stuff, Tolly. Totally. See how he treats you right away first episode? <laughs> Boys, think how good that would look right back here. Uh, let's, let's sit here. Right there. Look, we could have a calendar or a painting of you catching an old hitter. Yeah. Well, hey, Ricky, uh, see if Johan <laughs> needs my new address. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, totally. Oh, um, man. Now, of course, we talked to you two years ago. You were the Dodgers organization. Uh, you were there in Oklahoma City with some of the prospects coming up. Playing for the Yankees, you mentioned the history. But talk to us about the current Dodgers regime, how they do things. Because we have a lot of Dodger fans listening to us. Not the ace, because, you know, he's an Angel fan. But other Dodger fans are like wondering, why do they do this? Why do they do that? Everybody thinks that they're smarter than the front office. And nobody knows what the front office is doing. What's it, and especially speaking as a guy, you and Ricky, we've talked about this where you guys came up one way and all of a sudden the game changed while you guys were playing. Yeah. The Dodgers front office pays attention to every single detail, and I don't think fans understand that. Well, Babe, I, I really didn't. I, I saw, I caught the end of it. Sorry, Josh. Oh, I caught the end, no. of the, the end of it. I didn't really see it much when I was playing, even when I retired. Um, but Josh will tell you, and I'm excited to hear this because he kind of retired at first went and worked for an organization in the front office and then said you know what this ain't for me i'm gonna go back and play oh that's right well, yeah i want to know a little bit of what it that you know those the stuff that goes on behind the closed doors like obviously with you were with the dodgers and then got a job with the with the atlanta braves well so that happened that happened before and it was more just to see what i wanted to do next right so like i was never really involved in though like the the in-depth conversations but i was but pick being able to pick the brain of gms and agms but there is nobody in the industry i think that evaluates the total package like andrew freeman evaluates the total package every move every move this guy makes is so calculated and there's such a personal level to everything that he does Dave Roberts the same way. Bob Guerin, the bench coach, the same way. There's a there's a feel when you walk in to the Dodgers clubhouse. As for me, I was let's just call it the 65th man in camp. Made me feel like I was at home. They really? made you feel like you were going to make that team. And from the family day that took place outside after a game, where Andrew Freeman's walking around talking to everybody, all the kids and all the wives. That's what's missing in the game because everybody's getting so detached and so stuck behind the computers and the personal level is going away. Now, Alex Anthopoulos is a GM that has the same thought process. No doubt in my mind, Andrew, Alex, and, and I'm sure I'm going to miss some, but but those two guys stick out to me. And you're going to see it in with the Angels, with, with Perry Manazian. He's, he's a chip off that block. Is It's a total package thing, and I – I think the Angels, uh, because of the uh, addition of Perry, I think it's going to uh, they're going to be fine. But but from a Dodgers perspective, the 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 home feeling that that you get when you're there is, I think, the uh, the biggest piece for me. And <clears throat> um, sorry, Josh, when uh, 
when you're there with the Dodgers organization, they're doing – everybody says, oh, they do too much analytics. They do this, this, and that. As a catcher, what do they do with the pitchers that's different than when the way you came up? Uh, well, I mean, everything is now with the cameras, the Edutronic cameras, the Rapsodos, the Trackmans, the Hawkeyes, the, I mean, all of these systems. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Speak English. What did you just mumble right now? Sorry. The Edutronic camera is a camera that goes behind the pitcher's mound and it shoots at like 2,000 clips per second or something. So it's a very slow-mo camera, okay? The Rapsodo is a, is a machine along with the Trackman and the Hawkeye, they're, they're different platforms that allow pitchers to get data on their pitch profile, which would be spin rate, horizontal break, vertical break, uh, spin access, those type of things, which which I think is, is good. I, like, I, I'm not here to, to bash the, that piece of it. I, I think there's a, there's a helpful tool in it, but we, you have to be careful in, in putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think that's kind of what some organizations are doing. And, and to speak from the Dodgers' perspective, they don't do that. They use the tool. They say, here's the tool. They have people assigned to show you what each metric means and oh. if they think it can help you. And they'll sit down with you and talk to you. They, I, 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 I was fascinated when I was in the minor leagues with them. And they would bring, they would bring these, this group of sports scientists in and hook the hitters up to like what's called the motion capture, right? So you put like these little things all over your body and then there's cords running down and then you hit. Instead of just collecting the data, throwing it in their, um, wherever they, they keep it, right? They, they, they sit down with you and they say, Josh, here we're looking at a hip deficiency when you swing. We're looking at, this is what your front elbow, this is what your shoulders are doing. Here's some drills to help fix it. If you're interested in it, if you're not, we're good. Stay the course. And that's what baseball is missing is how you translate the information versus just saying just saying oh well we have it that means that just having it means nothing wow i i agree with that and and going back to to what josh is saying i've always said it it's the teams that are successful i think are the ones that have the good mix of veteran players good good clubhouses and analytics and they just blend them in and and everything kind of works together but when you like like you said when you put all your eggs in one basket and you're just analytics data 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 driven it's not gonna work you know i mean every guy is different every guy you know throws the ball different every guy prepares different so it's it, it it's okay to make certain adjustments here and there but you have to speak to different guys you know differently not everyone is the same, and that's one of the things I learned when I went to 108 performance, and 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 I was trying to learn the analytical side, the movement side, the movement of the body, and and it was just that it was like, hey, you have to talk to everyone different because one cue might not work for the other guy, and and the other guy and the other guy, and so forth, so on and so forth. So you got to make sure you 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 kind of make sure they're seeing you eye to eye as a coach. I think that's very important, and and have a relationship with them. Because if you throw out a bunch of different numbers, you'll lose it. You'll lose the ball well, very I, easily. I, 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 that's right, Ricky. I would say this. I was actually talking to somebody, uh, a guy that I, the place I do hitting lessons. He, he used to manage in the minor leagues. He was a hitting coach in the minor leagues. He played in the minor leagues. And we were talking about being a hitting coach in professional baseball, for, for example, is it's not what you know. It's how you relate to the hitters. The best hitting coaches I had my probably didn't know anything about hitting or, or they, they knew enough about hitting to tell you what to do. But you know what they did is when you were 0 for 7 or 0 for 8 or 0 for 12, they knew how to bring you back. They knew how to pull you back in. They knew how to sit you down and talk to you and give you a, like a, a relaxed feeling versus the, the hitting coaches in today's game. And not all of them, believe me, I, I would not say all of them, but there's, there's a group of hitting coaches right now that are so mechanically and data driven when when you go over 15 they don't know what to tell you other than yeah. just to pull the pull the pull the hit tracks up in the track man data and let's uh let's work from here but like that be honest with you that doesn't work yeah and it's true and, it, and i i sat around a lot of hitting coaches in my time in the big leagues and 
and and just because I wanted to pick their brain or see what they were telling certain hitters when hitters would come in after a, a bad at bat or something happened, and and the hitter would come in and be like, "What you see? Hey, hunt the fastball. Next next at bat, hunt the fastball. That that easy? Like, wow, that sounds super <coughs> easy, you know? And it's like it, it really is. Like I think it's when we when we try and overthink stuff, overanalyze stuff it, on the diamond. I think that's where we we start falling in trouble or you know the numbers are there for a reason. Learn to use them. Learn to use them when, and and have a good blend. Like I said, it's 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 not all just numbers, numbers, numbers. At the end of the day, in baseball, you can't take away instinct instincts. And once you take away that, I think you're 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 going down the wrong path. <clears throat> and totally, you'll see that uh, this is the first time you've done the podcast virtually with us, and we're going to keep on doing it. Once again, if you're listening right now for the first time on YouTube, uh, we do see your comments. We're going to use them every now and then sporadically. If they're good, uh, we'll check in with you. Totally. Here's a comment from Jesus M. See ball, hit ball. Simple. Is it really that simple? I mean, <laughs> at, at the, it's not that simple, but it, it is. I, I, I will say this. It is. It can be that simplistic. And for some guys, it has to be that simplistic. Everybody has their own cues. And and Ricky, I, I, listen. I don't mean to. I don't mean to. I, I hope I, you understand when I say this. I, I will never forget in Buffalo that year where they threw all the cameras at you. Do you remember that? Yeah. I will never forget it. I was catching your bullpen, and there was cameras. This was before like all the Edgetronic cameras. This was yeah the, the cameras. And I remember after the bullpen, you said I didn't feel good. I said, dude, you got to get back to just being simple. These cameras aren't going to tell you anything you don't know. You're a successful big league pitcher. There's nothing that you don't know about what your stuff is. So I think take that piece of advice and put it into hitting. Hitting does become that simple. See the ball, hit the ball. Richie Hepner used to say it all the time, A to B. How hard can it be? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. uh, No, totally. This is interesting because the first time we've talked to you, Evan, We've seen the evolution, and the baseball fan has gotten a lot smarter too. Because Ricky was working out at that facility, uh, 108, right, 108 Performance in yeah. uh, in Orange County, you know where the Ace is from, and he was working out, trying to understand what goes on in the mind of these kids. And I remember talking with Ricky, and he would tell us the, these 14 year olds, these 13 year olds, as soon as they throw, they're now looking at the rep soda. What are my numbers? What's my spin rate? Where you guys were coming up, it's, hey, how did you feel? Look good. Right? That's what they used to ask you. Look good. That's Look it. good. That's it. But the kids That's are being it. trained different now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These kids are in these facilities are like they throw a pitch and everything's filmed. Everything's on their phone. So they go back home and they analyze it on their own. And, you know, and, and like I said, it works for certain kids. Not all kids are getting filmed, but there's a couple that wanted to be filmed the whole time and, and they can take the tape home and, and watch it. Other kids just, you know, hey, I'm going to go do it naturally. And it does it. And they go and do it naturally. I think at some point our bodies, you know, we, we got away from certain athleticism. And I think at 108 Performance, that's what they try to teach. It wasn't all numbers, 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 numbers. It was like, let's get our, our, our body movement right and and kind of go from there. And then, um, you know, I even considered making a comeback when I was going there. But it was like, a, there was obviously the pandemic hit. But for a while, I was like, all right, I want to do everything these kids are doing because I want to feel so that when I teach it, I know what I'm looking for. And so I started getting on the bus, and it was like 86, 87, 88. And the guy goes, hey, man, we can get you up to 95. And I was like, yeah, right. I never really do that ever. Uh, and he's like, no, man. Like, he's like, your body, you still move right. you know. And, and, and they kind of went through the whole school. And I was like, hey, if you get me throwing 95, we'll host uh, a tryout here. You know, but then obviously everything happened and they shut down the facility. Yeah, it took, well, it, and, to, and to kind of that point, Ricky, is like it is important to know about it. I, I don't I, – I, I will always say this. This holds a place in the game, holds a place in the industry somewhere, just not to the capacity that it's holding right now. It's got to come down to how do you feel eye test right i mean the, all the old school coaches it's the eye yeah. test they can see and you have to be able to see you have you, you can't just look at the ipad it's not gonna paint the entire picture for you oh wait 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 hold on hold on hold on you're telling me that the ipad can't manage 
No, it can't manage. Well, uh, they're trying right now, but it can't manage. <laughs> There's too many yeah, variables. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's instincts, man. Baseball's all instincts. It, it really is. When you take away that, and 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 you know what, I I'm not here to bash numbers or anything like that. I think there's there's a place for them in baseball, but like I said, when your focus is on numbers, I think that's where you kind of steer it the wrong way. But when you blend them in with 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 like, I still think in a in a clubhouse, veterans are a big big part of baseball, and you, we can see they're slowly kind of being pushed out but uh when you hear a lot of guys talk or you know when uh, i had a lot of guys reach out to me after that sportsnet feature and say hey man i am the way i am uh with younger guys because of you and everything you taught me along the way and i think that goes a long way man even when i was doing bad when when i was going through my through my downfall at the end of my career i still wasn't bitter at anyone or anything i still come in and i was like if i can teach a guy or make sure he he knows certain things, then I've done my job. You know, Ricky, it's called passing the baton, and that's something I, I, I always pride myself in. It is no matter what the situation is, whether you, you're stuck in AA at 30 years old or you're in the big leagues at 38, the one thing you can do is teach the younger generation because now more than never, they need it now. They need the help. They need the guidance. No matter what, what they say, the game – the game within the game has not changed, and that will never change. And mm. I was brought up by Brian Schneider, Rod Barajas, I, Henry Blanco. Those group of guys taught me what to do and gave me different scenarios. I, I you know, we, we can talk about from a Dodgers perspective. The the, the the Dodgers signing Trevor Bauer as being wow, what a great sign. Hey, don't sleep on the Justin Turner sign. For me, that's their best sign. That's the Andrew Absolutely. Friedman. Hey, that's the Andrew Friedman that he knew. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He knew it was going to take some time. But Justin Turner, that was Andrew Friedman's best sign this offseason because he is the glue. He's what keeps that thing moving along. Yeah, and totally, that's a great point you bring up. <clears throat> Go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. But, but, but then again, when you see, like, a, let's say uh, an Edwin Encarnacion still out there, you know, a guy that's very valuable to that to the club, to a big league clubhouse when it comes to the the Latino players, you know, someone yep. that, that's been there, that's done it. Yes, he had a down year, but we were talking about this earlier. 60 games, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Some guys don't get going till the second half. So, you know, when when, when I watch him and, and, you know, he's out there still working out, I see him on social media and all that, I'm like, man, this guy would still be valuable in a big league clubhouse. It just, it just, it's just the knowledge uh, that he brings, you know, to the younger guy and, and, and Josh said, passing the baton. He's not gonna. His ego's not gonna get in his way. He's there because he's like, okay, I'm here to. I know my role, and I know um, Edwin personally. His feelings ain't gonna be hurt, you know. But I still think his his veteran presence is gonna make a huge difference if if a team signs him. Yeah, totally. No question. And he's skillful oh. too. Don't forget that he's not skillful. Like <laughs> just because he's getting older, this dude can hit. So he yeah. he's the guy that brings a total package, but uh, that's a that's a whole nother conversation for next week with uh, the DH and that type of. I think that's what's affecting his market right now more than anything. And, and totally, when we start talking about the way teams are constructed, like look, being a GM is really easy from the couch. Pitching and hitting really easy from your Twitter account, right? It's all easy when you're not part part of it. But when you look at the way teams are constructed, obviously teams want to go cheaper. They want to go younger. But those veteran guys that know what it takes, they are such a big role. Your time from the Dodgers organization, you saw them having that, right? You saw that there. Like, for example, uh, who's that young kid that they have, Keeper Ruiz, that catcher? Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I know him well. Exactly. You, were, you knew your role with Oklahoma City. You were there to make sure that this kid learns how to be a professional that's kind of also being lost in the game, isn't it? Like guys like you, guys like where it's you have no ego, where you're willing to say, "Let me help this kid become a stud." You know, a Bull Durham reference for lack of a better term. But the Dodgers get it, don't they? When it comes to that stuff, they do get it. I mean, that's why I was with the Dodgers was to help Cabert Ruiz, and I roomed with the kid, and I think he got a lot out. He he was he he was motivated to learn. 
which is the other piece, right? Like you can have all the veteran guys in the clubhouse you want, but if there's no motivation from the young players to learn, you're just wasting the team's wasting their money and their time, right? But Kevin Ruiz was able to learn throughout the course of the game, and and you navigate the the, the pitcher or the catcher umpire relationship, you navigate the pitching coach catcher relationship, like the pitcher catcher relationship as well, like. He needed help with those things, and I, I felt uh, I felt like it was a positive, and I felt like because of the willingness to learn, he, he succeeded in, in that uh, that aspect of it. That's it. That's the way to do it. Fire station right next door to Tully. That's what people are like leaving comments like, "Oh, is there a, a helicopter next to you?" Like, no, nah, we hear fire stations. It's next to Tully. You know, we're fine. Tully's in his mansion in Binghamton, right? The fire, the fire, <laughs> must, be, the fire must be out. Yeah, yeah, we're, it's raining in LA. That's why we're not golfing. Uh, all kinds of good stuff going on. People leaving comments, and so as we continue to do this, and if you're listening, make sure you uh, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify. Let us know on YouTube. Also, we're gonna do this podcast every Tuesday at was it ten o'clock Pacific time? That's the goal. So ten o'clock Pacific time, one o'clock Eastern. I also believe it's one o'clock Nova Scotia time. So we'll take care of you there. So because for our Canadian fans, uh, it's gonna be it's it's gonna stay there. Go and let people know that we're back, and it's gonna be every Tuesday. Ricky's cleared out his calendar. Tolly's cleared out his calendar. So we're ready to go for you. And every single week, we're gonna have a theme. Like okay, like Tolly mentioned, next week we're gonna talk about the DH and just go. So if you want hardcore breakdown on who's gonna make a roster, don't come here. If you want hardcore breakdown of, like, how is this team doing because of this, don't come here. If you want cool stories, if you want behind the scenes of what it's like being a pro ball player as we evolve, this is what we're here for. We're here for you, the fans. Now, here's another one, Tolly, that came in. Marco Favela, who's a dedicated listener. Bartolo Colon playing in Mexico. You know, do you have any Bart stories? I don't. I never played with him. I missed oh. him. I missed him with the I missed him with the oh. mess. Other than... Wait, hold on, Beto. This is I, I might need I might need our um, our data our data guy to figure out Marco batting averages. Marco, my batting averages off of uh, <laughs> off of Bartolo Colon because I love hitting sinker ball guys. So, so I don't know. I, I, I might have never got a hit off him. Well, I don't know, but uh, but I, I I would like to uh, I would like to know. I mean, I, okay. I just uh, I like I like like 85, 86 mile an hour sinkers. That was my right. bat speed. Marco Palayo, if you could go to Baseball Reference and check out Josh Tolley's numbers against Bartolo Colon. Uh, and the reason I bring that up, Ricky, um, you know, the last episode we had was with Danny Barreto, who was playing down in Mexico for Culiacán, the Tomateros, all that good stuff. We actually, because of us, got an invite to Orioles camp. So you come on the podcast, you get good vibes and energy for you. Ricky, you when, you, when you saw Bartolo playing or signing in Mexico, like, what the hell, right? This guy just will never stop. He'll he'll probably never stop. No, and you sometimes see videos of him playing softball too. Yeah, <laughs> hitting, hitting bombs I love that. Yeah, I yeah, love like that. Just, I think he just he loves the game that much, and and yeah, I mean signing in with Tijuana. Oh, he's in Tijuana. Um, no, he's not. Yeah, I think he signed. Yeah, I think. He oh, signed. did he? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. It was was it him? No, I th- no Fernando Rodney signed in Tijuana. For, wait, the, that guy, I, the arrow. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I love that guy. Bartolo, what you you know him? Bartolo, Bartolo yeah. might be in Monclova. Oh, Monclova. Might be in Monclova. Yeah. That's dangerous, right? But. <laughs> Is it Monclova where they told you not to go outside of the hotel? It was uh, no, it was Campeche. Oh no, yeah. I don't even. know. There was a couple places where they told you not to go outside of the hotel. There was a couple places, yeah. Totally. You know uh, Fernando Rodney in the Arrow. Yeah, I was in camp with him with the Diamondbacks. When you're nicest guy in the world, you, I mean, it when really you play is. against him, you're you're a little intimidated with the, the the cocked hat tipped up a little bit, and then he's firing the arrows. But I tell you, he is one of the nicest guys, and and that goes like we t- we talk about the veteran rookie conversation. This dude was there to help some younger guys in that bullpen, and and he did, and he seek guys out. Like he had the ambition and motivation to pass the info on to the next generation. That's cool, man. That's cool. I remember he yeah, was with the... That, he, he really was. I mean, when he was with the Rays, I'd always see him in the in the weight room because we used to share weight rooms back in the day in, 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 in Tampa. And nicest guy ever. And I was always wondering, like, man, it, 
this guy's intimidating as hell on on the bump, you know. And so if if he doesn't if if he didn't like a swing you took off of him, he'd buzz your tower, and he didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he didn't and, care. Or, or or sometimes he just was so wild that you you knew it wasn't intentionally. But uh, yeah, and then he paint a fastball down and away at like ninety eight. So it was one of those. He was one of those guys. But when you saw him in off the field, he was super super nice. Yeah, he was with the Angels uh, his first year. He was a closer, and Sosha told us the media that Rodney he'd been struggling, so he's not going to close anymore. So we went and talked to Rodney. He's like, oh okay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the story goes that they called him up to warm up that 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 evening. And Rodney said, no, I'm not the closer. No, no, he told him, you, you pay me to be closer. I, I'm not closing. I'm not pitching. Like, then it went on like that for a week. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I mean, Ben, Ben, Ricky, could you guys imagine that happening in today's game? Like, that just doesn't happen. These uh, kids are scared to death. They're, they just, they'll get abused. They'll go, they'll go three, four days in a row. They'll get hot the other two days. Like, they'll just get abused. And then and a year later, they're on to the next one. What do you mean they're scared of death? Ah, the, the the confrontation in the game is not the same that it used to be. For real? Skipper, oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. The managers <clears throat> used to say, hey, the door's open. You got a problem? Come talk to me. And you'd go in there, you'd close the door, and you never knew if you were going to come out with a black guy. That's just how it was. <laughs> they weren't afraid. Come on. The, 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 yeah, but, like, that's what makes a good team. That's what makes a good yeah. team. That is, is, it's a hundred. Beto, picture this. Effectively, 200 days out of a calendar year, oh, yeah. you're with the same freaking people. At some point, there's going to be a fight. I mean, I was just no. on quarantine for 10 days, and me and my wife were at each other's <laughs> neck by a couple days ago. <laughs> you know? But it's I, I, the, the, point that, the point that I'm really trying to hammer home is, like, that's an important piece that's gone. There's no more team meetings. I, I've been in team meetings, and I won't talk about them. Um, because they are team meetings privately, but I've walked out of some team meetings that were aggressive, and I don't. Uh, I, I I think that's a big piece because that's how you get issues resolved. Instead of just letting it build up and be pent up, you got to, you. You have to have those. That's just how it is. Good teams. That's what good teams do. Period. You, you yeah, need that I friction. Think, I think yes. people always like say like, oh yeah, they're together for 162 games. Bullshit. You're together from Bro. February all the way till the end of September. Sometimes yeah. even I, till November. You know, if you win the World Series. So that's like, yeah, it's ten ten and a half months. You're with the same people. You see the same people. They're like your brothers. Do you fight with your brothers? Yeah, you do. You yes. know, or you're, you know, and 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 arguments are going to happen and stuff like that. But it, like Josh said, that's what makes a good team. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff has been lost in in today's game where, you know, you talk to certain guys, hey, do you guys go out to dinner and, like, hang out, have some drinks? Yeah, no, no. Everyone was just – obviously, we're in a different – we're in a different era where gaming is – everyone's into gaming and we're going to get together and game and stuff like that. Man, go get drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, where before it was, like, you know, a certain guy, the guy who – making the big cheese in the, on the team, you know, would say, hey, I have a dinner set up, and here you go, like, come out, and, and whoever wants to go shows up and stuff like that. And, and you know, I, I, don't, I feel like you really don't hear stories like that anymore. Uh, it's uh, now because of the bubble. We saw that with, or we're reading that with the NBA, where players used to go out and do everything else. Now the guys are being so creative with the room service menu. Like, yeah, that's all they're allowed to do. They get to their hotel, they have to stay in the room, and even for me with boxing, when we have to go to quarantine and stay in our own bubble, it's like, damn, what are you going to do? So you don't have that interaction with people. But totally, it's interesting what you're saying about how that niceness, everybody is really on edge where you don't want to confront, but at the same time, it's it's like passive aggressiveness. That's, that sucks. Like, you got to tell people you don't like them at times. Yeah, that's just how it goes. That, that's just how, that's how a major league season operates, and a minor league season for that fact is – if you, you cannot be scared because that's when the tension builds. That's when the frustration builds and nobody can speak to it. And I, I think for me, for me, a couple of the teams that I've been on was that was a, a common denominator on those teams was the relationship with, with that, what we had, such as Ricky said, I mean, geez, team dinners all the time. I, I mean, luckily, I was young enough; I didn't have to pay for any of them. <laughs> <laughs> we've, uh, we've, uh, we, 
we, we flipped some big bills at some restaurants, but what it did was it, it molded us and brought us together. Yeah. And we were one unit as a, as a much of a, of, of a cliche as that is, that's what we were. I mean, everybody clicked. It didn't matter if you were the 26th man coming up and down or if you were the, the leadoff hitter and bona fide all-star. It just didn't matter. Everybody worked together. Wait, the team dinners, everybody has to go? No, no. they don't have to go. But it's, I mean, disres- it's kind of disrespectful if you don't. You know, it's well, like, it, and there's some, a, a veteran's nice enough to offer to take you out to dinner. Just You just you just did it. You know, you, you didn't want to miss out on a good time. And if you ate dinner and, and didn't want to stay for any extra curricular activities, then you just go home. You know, and that, that was it. Well, that was Kobe. Remember, that was Kobe's problem when we first started with the Lakers. Shaq and the vets would be like, hey, we're going to go to dinner. Kobe's like, nah, I'm going to go back to my room. I'm going to go watch film on this. Or I'm going to go work out, do something. And they're like, well, you're not part of us. Yeah, but that guy is wired differently. No, but, I bet, but okay, he, he wasn't going to the extracurriculars. He wasn't going to the Century Club, but he was. He didn't even go to the dinner. And, and, Beto, you know those guys. You know who they are. You, I've played with guys that are wired a little different. And that doesn't make them any worse or any better. That I don't think that's uh, – I, I don't think it's black and white. I just think that, especially in baseball, in basketball, I, I think we are comparing apples and oranges a little bit because baseball is so different because of the, the consecutive – grind of games day in and day out yeah where like you you go on if you're going to watch film i mean you you you're oh oh for four tomorrow just book it like if you're that panic <laughs> you're going home to watch film you're, you're not getting a hit maybe the rest of the season all right we got uh update dun, 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 dun. marco palio our unofficial statistician he is uh stats inc he is uh rapsoto.com marco palio gives us the update on josh Tolley versus bartolo what do you think you did Tolley? One for five. Oh, yeah. One for five. I'm cheating, man. Yeah, I know you're cheating, but for the people listening, they don't know. One for five. Remember I told you, Tolly, we're going to mess with people's minds right now. because you're right. Man, you were acting like you took him deep. I was like, hey, Ricky, Ricky, have I taken many people deep? I can probably count them who I've taken deep. Hey, Marco, thanks for throwing a single in there. Yeah. My whole, uh, career, my whole career I hit singles. Yeah, one like for five, how, two for K. I like, how, I, I like how you threw in the two Ks, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, no RBIs, I guess, huh? Just a single. So one for five, two, two Ks. Hey, against uh, Bartolo Colon, who is still going at the age of 65. He's down in Mexico right now. <laughs> <laughs> who knows how old that guy really is? Nobody knows. He's 65. Yeah. Beto, you think um, we should update the listeners on, like, as far as gas? Yeah. Okay, so here it is. As uh, Damn, Tolly, we've been doing 52 minutes. And just to give you guys behind the scenes, too, I've met Tolly once, right? Great time. Fantastic. It feels like he is related. It feels like he should be in the group chat. We'll we'll get rid of Ace and include Tolly in there, so we'll be all right. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Hey, Tolly, do you you have a, a PS5 by chance? No, I don't. I don't, I'm not a video game guy. Okay, good. All right. Then you can come into the group I, chat. <laughs> I mean, I, I shovel snow. I shovel snow, and I watch baseball. That's all I do. Oh, it's perfect. So, Tolly, yeah, when, when when Ricky and I said, hey, uh, Tolly's kind of thinking about doing some other stuff. We're like, well, why don't we include him with us? Let's get going. And then the, the text message goes back and forth. He has all kinds of ideas. He's great. So this is the first episode. We're kind of just filling each other out to see how it would flow if we want to move forward. Tolly, we did 53 minutes, and it feels like five, man. This is good. We're on to something. I have a good energy about this. We're going to get going. And what did I tell you? We don't have to plan everything out. It's just going to naturally go, man. We're on to yeah, something. I, I, I think we are. And I, listen, I love the idea because I, it, I – Talking about yourself can be uh, can be difficult, right? Especially like I okay, sure. Like I had an okay career, my career was fine, but like at the end of the day, like I love the idea of telling stories, finding a good topic to talk about, and next thing you know, man, we'll be we'll be doing this, and it'll be another fifty-three minutes oh, because yeah. there is so much in the game and in the industry that we can relate to. You know, I mean, from from Ricky and I's playing experience to even your your media experience, being around teams and players, like you, I, I think that avenue is what's going yeah. to really make this thing tick. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So we'll do it every Tuesday at ten o'clock. Um, 
So Ricky was asking about do we do guests? We can do guests. We can have up to five people on this if we want at once. It'll be great. But if we don't want to, it's cool because people are going to come and for, here for the stories. So every single week we'll have it for you. Uh, go to the Let's Go Ricky Rowe Instagram page. Let us know who you want to listen to. A couple of people mentioned uh, George Springer. And I wrote back, yeah. And they're like, well, really? Can you? Why not? Because we can ask whoever we want, when we want. If they say no, oh, well, they're the ones missing out. You come on the show, you get good energy. You know, you, you know, you know what? And this is because we're going to get into the subject next week about the DH. I think it would be some, some to bring somebody that's been at DH. Yeah. Or has been had had experience being at DH. I think that would be worth maybe looking at a list of who would be available to be able yeah. to come in and talk. So anybody's available. We are not Canada's podcast. We are not United States podcast. We're not Mexico's podcast. We're a worldwide podcast. So if we want to go <laughs> talk, worldwide. hey. Hank, Hank, Hank Conger is coaching in Korea. We can get another catcher on. We can uh, we go to Liam Hendricks in Australia. You know, we uh, somebody's playing in Italy that we know. Probably we can go get these people. No problem. We'll go. We'll yeah. do whatever you want. Uh, Tolly, do you have social media? I ha- I have an Instagram page, but it's just more for uh, for my kids. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not very. I'm not very active on it. Yeah, well, you're going to be very active every Tuesday at ten o'clock here on That's the podcast. Right. Uh, last. And I know you like the interaction from the fans, don't you? I love it. I think yeah. this is great. I'm actually going to start answering all their questions, but I'm going to let the boss tell me what to do. And, and this is a good one right here from Jesus M. Uh, do pitchers like Greg Maddox, are they gone? Like, you must throw 95? Or have we seen the last of a guy throwing darts like Maddox? Well, I, I'll, 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 leave, I'll pass this to Ricky, and I, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll follow up. I, I would be anxious to to see what uh, to listen to what he has to say because he'll have he has a different perspective because he's seen it he has seen it change in front of him I mean right in front of his eyeballs so so take it away Ricky I I, I don't think they're gone I mean you look at a guy like Kyle Kyle Hendricks you know with the Chicago Cubs who's cool that guy can locate and 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 it, when you watch him pitch it, it's it's a thing of beauty because he's doing it you know at not a high velocity, uh, he's just moving the ball, and I think it shows. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's all about pitching and not how hard you throw. Mm. And yes, do we like velocity? Do we like when a Nate Pearson comes in and is blowing 100, 101, 102, or 100 green like like he was last night? It, it's fun to see those, but at the end of the day, you want to see pitching. You want to see guys locate at 92, 93, 94, and and I don't <coughs> think that that's that's completely gone. Um, I think it's it's just what we see on TV a lot is, is the velocity guys, but I think when you're able to have velocity and you're able to locate your, your, your secondary and your third pitches, I think that's that's the beauty of pitching. And I think there's still plenty plenty of guys like that. I mean, Trevor Bauer, you know, he's a guy that, that he, he goes out there and he pitches and we saw what he can do a little bit what he could do this season, you know, in his spring start. Uh, Walker Bueller's another guy. I mean, yeah, they throw hard, but those guys are still pitching, and they still know what they're doing. Playing Kershaw, you know, he adjusted late in his career. He was a guy that threw hard, and now he's he learned how to locate different pitches and, 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 and pitch to his advantages now. He doesn't have 98 in his pocket, but he's adjusting well. Uh, we saw CeCe Sabathia towards the end of his career do it, too, so... I don't think they're completely phased out. I think a lot of what we see on TV is obviously velocity, but if you pay attention, there's still plenty of guys that go out there and pitch. Yeah, I, I'll piggyback off of that, Ricky. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think we separate guys into two categories, right? You have some bullpen guys, for example, that come in just throwing 100 and have no idea where it's going and no pitchability, meaning they don't know how to command the baseball and pitch. Where I thought Walker Bueller was a, was a great example because he is a guy with a nice four or five pitch mix. But what he is so good at doing is manipulating manipulating the ball, throwing it where he wants to, and he still throws ninety five. So I don't think you have to throw ninety five. I just think those those group of guys are put into two categories. I think there's more pitchers in the big leagues right now that have pitch ability and that pitch not like Greg Maddox because that's not fair to say to a guy that's in the Hall of Fame but but 
command they, they do command the baseball and they still throw hard and there's guys that take pride in it i mean i watched marcus stroman pitch yesterday and and he's a guy 92 93 but boy can he spin the ball as he said in his post game yesterday he says i'm nasty and like his stuff was nasty <laughs> but he's yeah. he command he commands the baseball and, and that's the pitchability that i think is going to be more hazers is going to be more important um as this game starts coming full circle again yeah, and when I get well, done with the pop, oh, go ahead, Rick. Well, and no, and there's another thing. Everyone wants to compare, like, Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox. Like, fans, you know, you see that comparison. Like, oh, like, we need another Greg Maddox. Shit, there's only one. <laughs> there's not very many guys that can do what he did. You know, there's a reason yeah. why he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, there's just, you. It, it, it's tough to compare to a guy like that. I mean, Greg Maddox at one point did throw 95 plus and and then at one point he learned how to pitch and, and how to manipulate the ball and how to you know start that sinker at your hip as you know if you're hitting left-handed and, and have it move back back inside i mean there's just it's tough to compare to a great maddox just because he was he was that special you know i mean it's like you know when when i was coming up it was roy halliday roy halliday roy halliday like man there's only one roy halliday you can't manipulate what he did you can learn from it but it's tough to do what some of those guys do and that's why they're hall of famers yeah and uh, uh, maddox his own his brief time with the dodgers you walk in there you're like wait a minute this is greg maddox like this dude right here like <laughs> ultimate dad bod and i remember we went to interview him out there his first pitch uh outing with the dodgers he had a t-shirt that said milf hunter and like it's <laughs> like and i'm like are you serious and he's standing dead straight and he's like hey guys and the camera guys from like the, the TV oh. stations were like, uh, "Let's get a tight shot. We don't want to show that shirt." <laughs> we need we need to get uh we need to get somebody. Uh, Cesar Ramos obviously was with the Padres, so he was there, and he has some cool Greg Maddox stories. I, I'm sure we yeah we should probably get him. I don't get somebody on that played with them because I feel like there's a lot of funny stories about him that I've heard. There, about. Hey, there are definitely I've heard a lot of funny stories about him. I'm not sure. Uh, They're for air. They may be rated X. Oh yeah, yeah all of some, all of them, right? All of them, all of them, all of them, man. Heard, I've heard some messed up stories, but I love it. I, I got you're right, Ricky. You're right. You gotta let the guys that played with them tell the stories. It can't be yeah. third hand stories. Yes, this is gonna be the one where we charge for to watch this episode. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, as we uh, as we wrap up. Um, What's it called? Javier Razo checks in. He's our golf buddy. What's up, Razo? Uh, let's go back to the story about our friend Asa SoCal. So er, earlier in the podcast, we talked about how our friend Asa SoCal, who used to be our uh, our friend, he now is engaged and he's no longer a sports fan. Uh, Tony, do you remember this, though? At that spring training, uh, this guy, Ace, went up to you while you're on deck. He said, hey, hey, Ricky Rosas, what's up? Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Did he really have like that nervous voice, like the kid from The Simpsons? Yeah. Hey, hey, Ricky wanted me to say hi. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I'll, uh, uh, let me call Ricky. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. what it is. Like you're on deck, ready to go hit on the B side of the field. Yeah. No, nobody's field supposed 12. to be there. Field twelve. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, field 12, and I'm trying to get my swing right, and this guy's bothering me to say Ricky Rose says hi. I, I was nervous why the ace was scared. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's uh, episode with Josh Tully. We're going to do it again every single week, uh, 10 o'clock, live on YouTube. We're going to interact with you, the fans, uh, let people know that we're back, we're get going. Um, let's see here. Every Tuesday, 10 o'clock, lock it in. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all the other places where you can listen to it. It's been fun. And then we got Tony involved, man. This is cool. Tony, how you but feeling? Today, I'm fired up. This is like, I'm so excited. We're ready to do another one on Friday. Oh, 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 he, oh, dude, okay, let me take you guys behind the scenes. This fool says, hey, okay, we'll do that. And then we'll do another episode, another episode during the week. I'm like, first of all, hey, bro, like, I'm the one that edits it. I'm the one that does everything. Like, relax. And you're trying to cut into our golf time. Like, no. Like, relax here. He's, he's just mad because he can't golf. He's out there shoveling snow right now. <laughs> yes. Hey, the summers I might be busy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and the summers we take the podcast off. So we're good. As a, as no, 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 we dial it in. Let's go. We'll hey, by the off. way, by the way, Roswell's asking who I am. That mofo owes me money. Oh. He, he better know who I am. He oh, yeah. Send him, 
Hey, hey, Razo, make sure you get Ricky's Venmo account. Hey, Ricky's got guys. If you owe him money, this is like the mafia. <laughs> nah, I don't want to mess with Razo. No. no, we're good. We're good. Oh, okay, Razo, I'm kidding. <laughs> we got guys in upstate New York. They'll take care of you. They'll take care of that thing. All right. So for Josh Tully and Ricky Romero, I'm about to write is uh, Marcus Stroman will say, I'm nasty. Nah, 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 nah. This podcast is nastier than Stroman. So don't worry about it. Stroman's good, but Stroman needs to get to our level because, look, we're in midseason form, bro. We are in midseason form right now. Aren't we? This is nasty. This is nasty. This is nasty. This is the, yeah. to- the Tully show. No, no, no. We're going to talk DH next week. Yeah, so next week we'll talk about the DH. We'll talk about all kinds of other stuff. We'll get going, and every single week we're here for you guys. So rate, review, subscribe, let us know. Uh, Tolly has no social media, so don't worry about it. Go to the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. Leave us comments. uh, Share it, like, all that other good stuff. Until next week, we'll talk to you soon. And Ricky, by the way, that's a sweet West Side hat you got going, man. Thanks, dude. That is a nice one. I just got it. Man, I. Uh, you need my address? <laughs> totally, you can't get yeah. a West Side hat on the East. You're not from the West Side, dude. It's just like part of the East Coast beef. Come it's on. like, okay, I'll make one with the East Coast then. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to do it now. It's a tough All right, we'll talk to you guys. I loved it. I loved it. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another edition of Let's Go.